this is Morgan Morgan with the Navigating It podcast, where we bring on guests to inspire you with their stories and help you figure out how to navigate this crazy thing we call life. So please settle in and let's get to it. Hi, Sean. Thank you so much for interviewing me today for the podcast. You're so very welcome. <laughs> Trying to be loving now, even though two minutes ago we weren't very loving to each other. Technical difficulties, let's put it that way. <laughs> so, since this is your podcast tonight, what do you have in store for us? It's not my podcast, your podcast. No, you said it's my podcast for the night, and I'm going to do with it as I please. You said that last night. Mm. No, just... Um, by you, pretty much. Um, so for, pe- who, for people who don't know, Sean is my husband. And on Instagram last week, I posted asking people um, what they would like to hear. And someone had posted a solo episode about me, but I felt like that would be kind of awkward just talking about myself. So I asked Sean here to interview me. So that people can get to know who I am a little bit more. Yeah. Ask you some questions. Maybe I'll learn something along the way. Oh, okay. <laughs> Deep dark secrets. So, what do you have planned for us, Sean? <laughs> I'll just go from start to finish. Okay. So, yeah. are you going to start? Yeah. So, tell us a bit about yourself. You can't just, you have to be more specific than that. Well, tell us a bit about yourself. Like, where'd you come from? Where's your hometown? You know? Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from? Nine Joe? Yeah, just, I don't know, a little bit of intro, like a little bit of background information tells you who you are, and then I'll just Stephen, Stephen Colbert from there. <laughs> okay. Come on. Can you stop combing your mustache? It's my beard. <laughs> but go ahead. Yes, I'll stop combing it. All right, a little bit about yourself, a little bit of background, who you are, what you're doing, and then um, we'll go from back to front then. Okay, Um, I'm Morgan Morgan. You gave me my last name. I was going to say, how did you manage to get that name? (laughs) From you. (laughs) (laughs) I was so lucky to marry a man with the last name Morgan. Enough about me. We just want to hear about you. (laughs) (laughs) Um... I'm from Superior, Wisconsin. I lived, fun fact, in Hawaii for six months when I was in fifth into sixth grade. What age is that? In case you have any listeners from the UK or something, you know, don't know the grades. Oh, um, what is that, like 11 years old, I think? I don't know, around there. We were supposed to live there for a year, but it, long story there. That's another story for another day. We'll get to that. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I'm from Superior. I graduated from UW-Madison, go Badgers. And then I um, did internships in California after college. Got some job opportunities, but came back to Superior for my sweetheart, Sean. And uh, I live here. I'm a flight attendant now. We have a little puppy, Lenny, and that's me, private pilot. All right. I feel like we skipped out big chunks, but 
<laughs> right, so uh, yeah, uh, so from Superior, obviously went to school here growing up. What uh, elementary school did you go to? Um, I went to like five different elementary schools because my mom, this is probably why I can't sit in one place for too long, but every couple of years she wanted to sell the house and buy a new one because she just got bored of it. So we were always moving around and I always was in different elementary schools, but the one I was at the longest was probably, oh, they were all pretty even. A couple years at Cathedral, a couple years at Cooper, a couple years at Northern Lights. Mm -hmm. And then from there, middle school and high school. All at Superior. Except for the little time in Hawaii, Milani. So how long did you live out there for? I just said six months. And did you go to school right there? Yeah, because, but I shouldn't have had to, but I did because we moved after the end of my fifth grade year at Northern Lights. And when we moved, it was summertime in Wisconsin. And in Wisconsin, you don't have to have school in the summertime. Is it like perpetual summer in Hawaii? Yeah. yeah. So then when I got to Hawaii for sixth grade... They were starting their school year for sixth grade, like a few weeks after we arrived. So during my summer in Wisconsin, I started sixth grade in Hawaii. Did that make you smarter? Well, I did come back actually after I came back at winter break in Wisconsin and started school in Wisconsin. And I was like four math books ahead of everyone in Superior, which probably helped me because then I was ahead for math for like, all my years after that. Did you learn to surf out there? I went surfing one time with my sister and my brothers, and not too long into it, I started crying, and I thought a shark was going to get me. We were in, on Waikiki Beach, like the busiest beach ever, and I thought I was going to get eaten by a shark, and I started crying. So we had to go in. <laughs> that was my surfing experience. And, uh, if I... If I know me well enough, which I think I do, um, <laughs> you started playing soccer right there, did you? Yeah, and I got really good because, like, school in Hawaii, they play soccer year-round, too, unlike Wisconsin. So, And they were a lot more competitive. The, of course, you bring up soccer because that's your thing. I heard you were a goalkeeper. I played a little bit of midfield in Hawaii, but... I also started being a goalkeeper in Hawaii because my coach was a professional goalie. Ooh. And he had taught me some <laughs> things, which was really cool. But, yeah, that's how I started becoming a goalie. So, so I came back from there and then just, like, cruised on through school, basically. Yeah, I mean, um, we don't need to get into the nitty-gritty of... Any formative things happened in your childhood? Uh, let's not get into too deep, but... You know, formative in terms of, like, career, where you wanted to go, what you wanted to do, um, college choices, so on and so forth. Well, I guess just, like, growing up with a mom who's a flight attendant, we were always jumping on and off airplanes. Like, in elementary school, well, even, in like, throughout my growing up, it'd be, like, a Tuesday. What's your earliest memory of going on a flight with your mom? 
flying down to Minneapolis when I was really little because my brother wanted to go to Camp Snoopy for his birthday and got to bring a friend, so she took us on an airplane to Minneapolis from Duluth. Jesus Christ. Well, <laughs> but we were oh, like... I got a quick question. Hmm. Is swearing acceptable in this podcast? Yeah, I don't care. Uh, I know that's hard for you to not do. So, yeah, it is because you're going to do it anyway. Um, but I was saying that – what was I saying? Oh, yeah, it would be like a random day, and she, we'd come home from school, and she'd be like, pack your bags. We're going to – well, in middle elementary school, it was Hawaii all the time because she was obsessed with Hawaii. That's why we moved there. But she'd like – we'd just come home on a random day of the week like a Tuesday and she'd be like, all right, everyone pack their bags tomorrow. We're going to like wherever. And did school never have a problem with that? She would just call our teachers and like get our assignments and we do them on the airplane. <laughs> it wasn't spring break or anything. It was just, and it was, and she was like that with everything. It was like, it'd be a school night and we would all be laying in her bed and my parents were divorced for 17 years of my life. Now they're remarried. That's also another story remarried to each other um so she was a single mom at the time and we'd all be laying in her bed and it'd be a school night and it'd be like nine o'clock at night and she'd be like who wants to go to a late movie let's all go like in elementary school (laughs) (laughs) and so just it wasn't she just made everything super fun and I feel like that kind of made me a lot of who I am because I can never really stay in one place for too long. So you get your spontaneousness from your ma? Yeah. Alright. Well, yeah, so a couple of there's a couple of little things that lead you to where Spontaneity. You, know, you are now, but um, did you ever think that like you would because obviously you went to school and went to school for We'll get to that, but I went to school for something completely different than what you do now. But did you think growing up that you would follow, like, your mom to go into, like, aviation, whether that's piloting or being a flight attendant or working in that field? Aviation always seemed like the thing that my brother was obsessed with, brother Zach. Growing up, like, even when he was really little, he'd look up in the sky and see a jet and be like, that is a A320, like, knew every plane, knew what they looked like, just looking up at the sky, like, could call them out. And he was so obsessed with planes, I thought, in order to be in that field, you had to be just as obsessed as him. Mm -hmm. And now he's a commercial airline pilot, and it, like, just makes sense for him. But I always just thought it was his dream. And in high school, when people would ask me that, like, do you want to be in aviation? I'd be like, I'd rather be the CEO in first class, like, being brought to where I was going. So what did you want to be whenever you were growing up? Um, it changed all the time. I never really – it was always different, but my it's mom – easy for meals, pro sports. <laughs> you want to do pro sports? Well, everybody wants to. Is that true? Stop so, combing your mustache. I like, leave me alone. Um <laughs> Well, I think that's like the, the simple answer like that everybody gives whenever they're growing up, like for boys anyway, for the majority of boys. It's, I want to be a pro football player, soccer, baseball, whatever it is. Well, Easy. for Zach, it was, be, I want to be an airline pilot. Mm. So like, did you not have one thing that like you, like some people will be, I want to grow up and be a doctor from whenever they're four because they got a stethoscope for Christmas. 
No, I just felt like I always had a million ideas. Um, in high school, I wanted to be in PR. That was my thing. Why? And because I liked writing, like in first grade. No, it was second grade. In second grade, I had my first poem ever published, and it was in the newspaper. And my grandma had it on her fridge my whole life. And I was always just told I was good at writing. Like that's what I scored highest in on all my tests. So I figured that's what I wanted to do. And writing. Yeah. And I'd saved like every Cosmo magazine that I ever owned growing up. Well, I could only get them like really in high school. They're like sex mags for like women. I don't know. They're. It's like 50 tips to do with your husband. (laughs) Things like that. But then it has like fashion and like it's just like silly stuff. But in high school and end of middle school, I got to start buying them and I'd save everyone because I thought it'd be so fun to write for Cosmo. I still have them in our basement. Well, they need to go. (laughs) Yeah, I came back in January after my brother's wedding in Germany. Right, yeah. So then you come back. um, We kind of decided, I think, at that point that we're going to be here for a little bit or whatever. And you applied for jobs in Toulouse. Yeah, I tried. You got Odyssey, right? But that was more on the marketing side, content, not so much journalism. How did that come about and was that a turning point? Yeah, so I, when I decided to come back to Superior, um, I basically just went online and tried to find any job that was close to what I wanted to do. And I saw that... For those that don't know, which I'm sure probably everybody does, but... um, Dublin Superior is a pretty small place in comparison to the Twin Cities and opportunities are pretty scarce. And scarce? Yeah, well, whatever floats your boat. But <laughs> <laughs> there's not the same opportunities that you get in the cities or in like bigger metro areas. And I don't know, sometimes it can kind of come, kind of seem like people are a little bit stuck in their ways or it's not quite as forward thinking. Well, and it's just hard because it is such a small, in comparison to bigger cities, a lot of people get their job and stay in their job for a very long time. So there's not a lot of movement for like new opportunities for people like me who are just starting out. Yep. So you apply, you find find something, you're applying around, you find something that maybe ticks the boxes. So what was that? Yeah, so I just tried to find something that was like, at the time I wanted to be in hospitality, travel, PR because of my love for travel and then my love for writing. So I was trying to find something that was like kind of in that realm. And I saw a post for Odyssey Resorts and they have six resorts along the North Shore of Lake Superior. Mm-hmm. It was a mar- Well, it was like an admin administrative assistant, but it had like marketing. I think you took it as like admin. And then once you got into it, once you got into it, you were able to like change yeah. Because in my interview, I it was like an administrative assistant position, but in the online job search description. description, it was like, but we'll include other tasks like social media or whatever. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I can do admin stuff if I can do a little bit of marketing too. It yeah. was within, it was a marketing administrative assistant position. Mm-hmm. And then when I got called in for an interview. I got to talk to the two guys, Dan and Aaron. Woo-hoo. 
love them. Um, I got to talk to them about what the position was really all about and what it could be, like, mm-hmm. turn into. Yep. And, you know, I'm just so cool, and they just love me so much that they, you know, they hired me. <laughs> Actually, when I left that first meeting with them, it was like there was a snowstorm coming, and we had just been talking about it. And on my way out the door, I turned to them, and I gave them finger guns. <laughs> and I said, stay safe out there. And I walked away. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, it's a good job people up here are like so laid back because like try doing that in Twin Cities or something. Well, in New York City. Yeah, you ain't getting called back. <laughs> it was so funny. I just turned and finger gunned them. Stay safe out there. They still hired me. So yeah, I got really lucky because they were really great bosses. Um, but the job just really wasn't for me. I, the nine to five structure wasn't. You stuck out for a while. Yeah, I was there for a year, and the company was really great. The people were really awesome. I loved it because of the people that worked there. Yeah. I still hang out with them. I still talk to them. They're all really wonderful, and that was the best part about that job, as well as the resorts. They were gorgeous. With that, with that job, right? Do you think that that? changed your mind and what you wanted to do yeah it really got me thinking about if I could see myself sitting in an office nine to five for the rest of my life and not only did I gain 15 pounds sitting there <laughs> snack cupboard was fully stocked at all times it was they brought donuts in like every day it was crazy <laughs> I got the whole office there to do a um potluck but the potluck was all around like what would you call it? Like, um, chocolate? No. <laughs> the potluck was like, bring your own appliance. So everyone had to bring their own appliance in and do like, bring food that works with the appliance. So, so like a waffle I, maker. I brought a waffle maker in. Someone brought a can opener and had like, canned so, food. <laughs> it was a really fun place at the time to work. But yeah, I. Bring your own appliance potluck. <laughs> I made everyone do it. It was fun. Um, so you're working there for a year. You're figuring things out, having an apartment or whatever, trying to figure out a plan. And not that you didn't enjoy the people or some of the work, but it just wasn't really fitting, right? No, it wasn't so. the right fit. I, I couldn't. All I wanted to do was travel, and I was saving all my time off. I was saving all my money to go travel and. Take trips and take whatever. trips or whatever, and I felt like I was being so restricted because I, I was so limited and. So it's coming up on a year. Well, it was just past year. No, like um. January, January, February, February. Well, six months into working there, I started taking flight lessons. It was August when I started, so March, to April, May, June, July. Five months in, I started my flight lessons. Okay. So and my that, bosses were really cool because they were like, you can leave work early. We'll work with you so you can, like, go try this passion of yours. So at that point, like, you taking flight lessons, like, after being in the job for five months or whatever, uh, were you thinking, I'm going to be a pilot, or are you doing it to because you've always had an interest in it and you want to see what it's like and kind of go down the route and dip your toe in the water and 
you know, maybe get a license or something down the line, but you're not thinking airlines right away. I mean, what do you, do you remember? I like think that I thought. I thought you were just doing it for fun. Really? Because in my head, I was like, this could be a career path. But. Because I honestly, like, I remember growing up and like my dad always telling me and like other people in the family being like, you can only be a pilot if you're really smart. Well, I am really smart. In a certain way. You have to be really good at math and like you have to be like, you know, super clued in and stuff like that. And obviously that's not me. (laughs) (laughs) You're smart too. You could be a pilot. Yeah, but like it it just always seemed like out of the realm of doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I never thought I was that smart to go and be a pilot because I was told that. Well, that's the difference between you and me is like, I feel like I'm very optimistic and you are immediately like, I can't do this or that because of this or that. Or I'm like, I can do anything I want. Do you think that's like based off of how we were raised? Yeah, but I don't know if it's like being like, I don't think it's uh, optimistic. I just think that because of like where we're from and like past experiences and stuff that I tend to think, look at things in a more cynical way because most people from home are quite cynical. Is that true? Yeah, so that's why. But I don't know, you get way up positives and negatives, but if you're taking flight lessons after five months in your head you, while you're working a full-time job and we're still living here, are you thinking, all right, I want to be a pilot, like this is where it turns, like this is what I want to do in the future? Or are you like, all right, I want to, you know, go down the route, like, because my brothers are doing it, and I want to see what it's like, and it would be cool to fly planes, and this will be, like, you know, almost a hobby to begin with, but then we'll see where it goes. I just wanted to be motherfucking badass. That's what I wanted to be. (laughs) No. Fucking slow down, Goose. (laughs) I've had a couple drinks. We've been drinking and talking. Um, You don't need to make excuses for swearing, Morgan. (laughs) (laughs) Um... No, I think part of it was, like, growing up, I always wanted to be doing what my brothers were doing. And I always wanted to prove that I could do what they could do. And so Zach and Will both, when I started training, they both had their – I don't know if Will had his license yet, but he was working on it. And Zach was almost a commercial pilot when I started. And I was like, well, if they can do it, I can do it. So I'm just going to show them my – I can do it. That part of me was still in me. And another part, I was just always kind of interested in it. I wasn't happy in my job, so I was like, might as well try something else. This could lead me somewhere else. Right. I think part of me always felt like it could be a career. Mm -hmm. So you're cooking along six months, start doing the lessons. You start doing the superior, right? Yep. And then, well, what did you think of them after like six months? Like you obviously engaged with it, right? After six months of taking lessons yeah like you're enjoying it you know you're still taking the lessons you're still learning yeah i mean you started to buy a couple books if i remember yeah i started in august taking lessons and my first solo was in october i think october 25th and that was the most empowering feeling i've ever felt in my life and i know you don't like that word (laughs) you always like roll your eyes at me whenever i say empowering (laughs) but I just remember, like, taking off by myself from the airplane for the first time and being like, 
well, first of all, it took me like 20 minutes to even like get myself to go down the runway because I was so terrified. Because once you're in the air, you're so committed. Like you have to get yourself back down safely. Yeah, I know. I've been on one flight with you and I shit my pants the entire time. (laughs) (laughs) But it was like (laughs) the minute I like got off the ground, it I wasn't scared anymore. It just felt like that's what I was supposed to be doing. Did it feel like you were flying? (laughs) 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 Yeah, pretty much. It felt amazing. It felt like I could do anything. And that feeling was amazing. And I felt so proud of myself being able to have the courage and to do that, right. it was so scary. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're but doing that? Yeah, I was doing it, and that was, like, the first moment where I was like, wow, this is actually the most incredible thing I've ever felt or done in my life. Right. So then you're still working at Aussie, still taking flight lessons, do a couple solos, feeling good about it. And then, obviously, there came a time where, like, you got pretty brand off of what was going on at work and wanted to change. Mm-hmm. And, like, why, what made you, like, go down the route of, like, applying to Delta to be a flight attendant and going down that way of things? Like, what, why did you do that? Because there was travel involved? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't happy in my job. I didn't feel like... I don't know. I just wasn't happy in my job. Do you and think that job had a lot to play? Like, because obviously growing up, like through high school and, and then into college, like you were good at writing. You were told you were good at writing. You go to pursue like journalism and PR and you have internships and you're obviously continually writing. Like, do you think, I don't want to like speak bad about them or anything, you know what I mean? But do you think that that like experience kind of took away from like, what you've been learning and doing? Well, I felt like I, I feel like, like I feel like sometimes I wonder if like I'd still be in PR right now if I would have taken the job in California or the one in New York. Probably. And I mean, I'm where I'm supposed to be, but I had worked so hard in college, like my and I'm not just saying this to sound good, but like my resume was really good coming out of college because I worked really hard to like put myself in a good position to apply for jobs Mm -hmm. and I felt like when I came back to Duluth Superior there obviously wasn't a lot of opportunities for what I wanted to do and I felt like my resume like exceeds expectations in this market well there wasn't anything that really lined up with what I wanted to do. And so I took the Odyssey job because it was the closest. It was in hospitality, travel. It was in marketing. Yeah, it was the closest thing to what I could get and what I wanted to do. And I and I felt like it was kind of like it wasn't my dream, you know. It wasn't what I wanted, where I wanted to be. But I love, I love you and I wanted to be with you and – I'm still happy I made that decision because we have an incredible life together. Yeah, well, it was situational at the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, like, I just mean, like, for your own career change to, like, go and pursue aviation and 
and put an application in to be a flight attendant and then go and pursue that like obviously you're passionate about writing and PR and journalism and all the things that have gone before but like that year spent in that job and obviously it's situational because of the area that we're in and the situation mm-hmm. we were in at the time or whatever like did that job play a part in not necessarily losing your passion for writing and what you wanted to do mm-hmm. but was it almost like I'm done with this like I want to do something else and I've been taking flight lessons for a little bit and this is what I want to do yeah I think um it just, I was, I felt really lost. I felt like I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. I, I felt like I'd spent four years of college, like working really hard for something that I wasn't doing. Surely and that doesn't bode well for a pilot. What? You can't get lost. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> so dumb. <laughs> no, but I like just felt like I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. I didn't know if I was supposed to be a pilot. I still don't know if I'm supposed to be a pilot. I didn't know like what my steps should be and I felt like I I didn't like what I was doing. So what made you apply apply to Delta? Basically my mom was sick of hearing me complain about my fucking job. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, We're hiring, you love to travel, it would allow for you and and Sean to travel and get back to Ireland whenever you want. Great benefits, like just She's like, it's so hard to get in with Delta. You might not even get in. You might not even get an interview. So just put your application out there and see what happens. So October of that year, I put in the application. And right my memory of it, it was just like, you basically came home one day and was just like, yeah, I applied for Delta. And I was like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think we ever really like sat down and discussed like pros and cons or anything. No. It was just like. Well, because I didn't yeah, think it was going to happen. Yeah, I guess. Not that I have a problem with it. Right? I it's just like at the time, like I don't think, thinking back, like I don't think we ever sat down and like went through like, you know, you being like, I want to quit my job and this is what I want to do or anything like that. It was just, no. I'm going to do it. And you like, know? I don't want to sound like it was horrible at Odyssey. Like I couldn't have asked for better bosses any idea I brought well, those to them. Are yeah, every time <laughs> like every idea I brought to them, they helped me pursue at the best of their ability. They let me get out early to go fly. They let me do they like one weekend I wanted last minute to just fly to Iceland because my mom was going there for a trip. And they last minute just let me like out of work so I could fly to Iceland. Like they were amazing. They let me pursue things throughout that entire time Mm -hmm. but like the work itself and what I was doing was just not Mm -hmm. right for me yeah Yeah. and so the people just I love the Odyssey people my fam um anyway but so my mom was annoyed with me complaining about my job so then I applied not thinking I was going to get it because what you were sick of it too (laughs) (laughs) nah I don't think you vented a lot to me dude no, I just... Not about, like, the job or whatever. I mean, like, Jesus, there's days I come home and I'm like, fuck, that sucked today, like... And it was, like, giant voices at the time. Yeah. You know, but, like, it's just... I get why you'd want to change and... Well, and it was... You know what I mean? There's no real, like, it's hard to put your finger on, you know? And the other part of it was, like, I n- never wanted to go back to my hometown. 
like all through college it was like I'm not I'm moving away I'm like doing it and I came back and I wasn't in the job I wanted to be in I wasn't in the place I wanted to be in I felt frustrated but I also the other side of it I got to be with you and that was so that made me happier than I could ever have been too I think a lot of the time though too it's like uh you see things on social media or you see things on the it's like these people, you're only seeing the best bits of like them living in New York or wherever. Right. But like, if you, we, there is, I'm convinced of it, zero chance that we would own a house like this anywhere else. I know, we're so lucky. So, we have so many great things and it has worked out really wonderfully. But at that time of my life, when I was like making these decisions, early twenties, like want to go. Like and I just wanted to be. I didn't want to be where we were. Yeah. And we had just got like we were ten months into our relationship. We get married. We're moving in together, and we're married. Like we didn't live together before we got married. Just how things worked out. And then we're living together. I'm in this job. I'm like very overwhelmed, very confused about what I'm, where I am, because everything that I'm doing is against everything I, like, worked for in college, everything I thought for myself back then, and it was just, like, kind of, you flipped me upside down, you know, and it worked out great, and we have a great life, but at that time, I felt very, like, Conflicted. what the fuck is going yeah. on, <laughs> you know? So, um, you, you apply to Delta in October, you get notified for interviews and stuff in the following months and then you go down there and do training and quit your job right yeah so when things become real i you're able to kind of get in a foot in the door in aviation yeah so i applied i didn't hear back until like december mm -hmm. i did they made me go through a video interview which yeah. was so weird they put you down there too right well yeah i did the video interview then a phone call no first it was an online survey then it was a video interview. Then it was an over-the-phone interview. And then it was, they flew me to Atlanta in-person interview. And then right on the spot that day, I got offered the job. Mm -hmm. And there that year, there had been 284,000 applicants, and they only took 1,600 people. And I felt pretty proud of myself. Didn't they say that at, like, your graduation and stuff? And it was like harder, like statistically, it's more difficult to get into like an Ivy League school than it is to get into Delta. No, oh, the other way around. It's sorry. it was harder to get into Delta yeah. statistically than it was to get into Harvard. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so I was like, like number wise, that's crazy. Yeah, it was nuts, and so and it was weird at that time for us because, you know, the Delta thing just kind of fell in my lap. The Delta thing just kind of fell in my lap, and then. Um, I finished up my job at Odyssey and then I, we went to my sister's wedding in Palm Springs and then right from Palm Springs, I went to training for eight weeks, but like, we didn't know when I went to training where I was going to get based, we could have been moved across the country. Yeah. So at that time it was weird because the Delta thing worked so easily. And then our lease was ending at the same time I was starting training and, like, all of these easy things were happening to make it happen. Mm -hmm. And so at that time, I felt like, okay, these doors are opening, and this just feels like a natural push towards that direction. Yeah. So I just went for it because I was like, 
I get to travel the world. I get to fly for free. Sean gets to fly for free. Like, this is a great gig. Why would I say no to this? Mm-hmm. I get to still be with you, and I get to be in the world, too. Yeah. So. So you're fine. <clears throat> so you go through the... Jesus. Sounds like Mrs. Darfar. <clears throat> so you're flying for Delta. Go through all the training. You're still doing flying lessons. And slowly but surely it becomes more than just a hobby. It becomes... You're going to start pursuing licenses, right? Yeah, so then I cut back from training. We get, have our official wedding celebration. And then I like, kind of took that summer off to just, like, get used to my new job. We buy a house. We get married. Move into the house. And then I'm like, well, I should probably start flying again. <laughs> so then I start flying a lot more. And it was it's expensive. Like I found out while I was at Delta training that I got a scholarship that I had applied to up until then we were just paying out of pocket. You're giving me the money from soccer to be able to fly. So then in the fall I had the money from the scholarship. Yeah. I mean, once we got married, we kind of just put all of our money in the pot and was like, this is what we have. Cause we didn't have much, <laughs> but, um, and then I had the scholarship, and so then in the fall, when things kind of settled down for us, I started flying again. Mm-hmm. And with the weather up here, it can be hard in the winter to fly. So by May of 2019, I had my official license. Yeah, a year ago. Yeah. Did I say it was a year ago yesterday? Yeah, a year ago yesterday, I got my pilot's license. Yeah. And you were my first passenger. Yeah. I had to throw away my boxers. I remember when we landed because I told you the scariest part for you was probably going to be landing. Is that true? Yeah, because it wasn't. You were like, oh, yeah, it might be a bit steep or whatever. We were fucking nosediving for about 10 minutes before we even got to the fucking ground. (laughs) Shitting myself. That's what it felt like to you. That's (laughs) not the truth. But yeah, so we. We did that. We got on the ground, and I was like, that was probably the smoothest landing. It's called a greaser. I gave you a greaser, and you still were like, I think I just shit myself. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It kind of sounds like to me, like, given, like, the nature of what you're doing now, because you're still able to, like, you obviously like writing, journalism, PR, whatever else, connecting people and different things. Yeah. Kind of the reason why you're doing this, like, because you... in a sense, like, writing was always, like, a creative outlet, right? But now you can do this, too. And it's not like you have stopped writing. Like, you still do stuff on the side here and there, and you still write things. But, I mean, you've always had, like, that creative side, generally, through writing. That is not yeah. kind of, you know, you've done a couple of episodes of this or whatever, and it's kind of the, the way that you're trending. But, um I don't know, from, from like, my point of view, like, on the outside looking in, kind of half in the door, half out, you know? Like, I guess the moral of it, the moral of... So, like, the podcast is set up to, like, help people maybe understand, like, different facets of 
how the world works for different industries and how they affect you on your day to day, like financial advisors and entrepreneurship well, and things like that. But like on some other aspects, who you had that that girl from up north? What's her name? Ashley. So, like she's talking about finding her passion and you know pursuing like what she was doing and obviously like a massive career change as well to an extent but like I don't know I guess like my take from like our conversation or what you've done is like you don't really have a set path mm-hmm. like you kind of you you definitely figure it out as you go and that's probably true for a lot of people you know it's not okay I I mean, maybe it's different for, for doctors or lawyers or whatever because it's all set out. Like, you go to school, you go to law school, you become a lawyer, you become an attorney, whatever, whatever, whatever. But for the likes of me or you, you you figure it out as you go. You, you know, things will, things will fall away and you'll pursue other things and maybe that becomes what you want to do full-time or if you have the opportunity to make your, you know, something that you're passionate about full-time career then that's what you're going to pursue but it's never ever like a clear pathway to it you know like I mean if you flip it and look at me with coaching it's I always enjoyed soccer and playing but then you have the opportunity to coach and you kind of put your energy into that but I mean at the minute it's still passion more than job and I don't I don't I don't ever view it as being a job because you love it yeah but the same could be said with you and like aviation, like you feel empowered and you love to fly and you love being in the air. There's no better feeling. So if it comes to that where you have the opportunity to pursue that full time and become a pilot commercially or private or whatever, is it ever going to feel like a job? Because you get to do what you love every day. And yeah, I mean, I started. I kind of rambled there. but No, it's okay. Um, I like, I started this podcast because I've had so many moments along the way where I felt like I had no idea what I'm supposed to be doing. And even when it comes to things like you and I getting married and putting our finances together. You didn't know what you were doing. We had no, <laughs> we had no idea what we were doing. And, and that's why. I, it wasn't like we were just like fucking fawning around, you know what I mean? No, but like. There's just, like, these big things that happen to you and you, like, have to figure it out. And sometimes it can be overwhelming. Yeah. So, like, like that was just an example. Or, like, you know. Or getting a mortgage for this house. Yeah. Like. I don't have a fucking clue what I It was do. terrifying <laughs> buying a house. We had no idea what we were doing. And I felt like there's got to be so many other people out there around our age or even not even around our age who are feeling the same things. And I thought that, you know, being, I needed a creative outlet because I love my flight attendant job, being able to travel and do all those things, but I miss the creative part of writing and journalism. You get the creative work too, too though. How? Like you make like little, little, uh, pretzel structures for the passengers well yeah that's not required of my job but I do it because I (laughs) want to make people feel good but (laughs) I do make um like airplanes out of the cookies we give on the aircraft (laughs) but that's not required of my job I just do it I'm just kidding (laughs) but 
Yeah, so I just felt like if I created a podcast that give me a creative outlet and then I could bring on people who might be experts in their field or just inspire me and might inspire other people. And I was just hoping that like by sharing these stories with these people who have kind of found their way in those specific topics, people might get a spark of inspiration in them or might it might lead them down a a pathway that might help them find what they need to be where they are. And I just felt like if anything, if nobody even listens to it, at least it's going to be helping me in some way. Cause sometimes I still feel really lost mm-hmm. and maybe that's not ever going to change. But cause like you said, for some people, they know from when they're little that they want to be a doctor and that's what they're going to be and what they're going to do. And they know the path to get there. But for a lot of us, that's not the case. And I think what you're doing is pretty helpful. Because, like, it, even with with me or my experiences, like, everything's laid out until you finish college. And then once you finish college, like, there is no structure anymore. Like, it's... No. I mean, there's things like society will kind of push you to do, get a house, get married, kids, whatever, whatever, whatever. Right. But, like, for the most part, especially in this day and age, like, people don't follow that, like... They're continually reinventing themselves, too. Yeah. It's hard to say at 18 what you want to do, and then at 40, that's the same thing you want to do. Like, maybe if that your lifelong dream was to be a doctor, that's great, but, like, for a lot of people what they want to do at 18 and what they want to do at 40 is going to be completely different. Yeah. And so there's like a lot of things along the way. If you're not a finance major, how are you going to know how to like all these things about stock market and all these different things with your finances? Like not many people know, unless you have really amazing Friends and family who have taught you all of that, that's great. But a lot of us go out into the world and we're like, mm-hmm. how do I do that? Well, this isn't a silver bullet, but it's definitely going to help people. You know no, what I mean? Like, definitely oh, not. People, it's like, like give them advice and push them in right. that direction and, you know, do a bit of research on your own after listening. And Yeah, it's just boom. like a kind of yeah. overview, but mm-hmm. maybe it will spark something in you and yeah. bring you a different way to help you find what you need. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing. I'm hoping it helps someone. And you're still, Definitely helping me. And I love talking to people. And you're still cruising along with the with the flying and Yeah, I mean, I what you said about joy and the job. I um I have so much joy for it when I'm in a small airplane flying and I think it's the coolest thing ever. Last summer, I was with my friend Sam flying to Michigan, and I remember sitting there being like, Sam, this is nuts. Like, you and I are flying an airplane to another state right now. Like, Mm -hmm. this is crazy, and it was such a cool feeling. But I worry that once I make it a job for myself, and if I become, like, an airline pilot, I wouldn't find the same joy in it. And I don't want that to go away, so, like, Part of me feels like maybe this could just be a fun hobby for me, an expensive one, yes. <laughs> but but maybe I would get into the job and really find joy in it too. I just worry that making it a job might take away the fun. I don't know. 
to me if you're that passionate about it and that's what you enjoy doing and you enjoy getting into it's not called a cockpit anymore is it no it's a flight deck or the tip pit that's what we like to call it us ladies (laughs) (laughs) well if you're getting into the the old pit then you know you're still gonna enjoy it every time you know like you you can't think about what it might feel like because you're not going to know until you're there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, you can't let that hold you back because if you don't go and do it, then you're never going to know. Yeah, it's just a big investment, like, as you know, because you've been helping me pay for it. It's a lot of money, and it's scary because, especially with COVID-19, like, the industry is changing so much right now, it's hard to say what it's going to be like in the future and what, what might... Be. Well, it affects everything. Yeah, I mean, everyone's job should be affected, but... Isn't it, like... Just going to keep... Like, my dad, like, coaching full-time, like, ain't... Right. Nothing for three months. It might just be, like, something I continually work at as long as I continue to like it and see where I go from there. Sometimes, I guess, that's all you can really do. Yeah. But even with flight, it's not like you, you, like you enjoy being a flight attendant. I love being a flight attendant. I love interacting with people. I love interacting with people. I love the little kids that come on and it's their first. Even even like these older people that come on and they're like, "This is my first flight." It's so fun to make it special for them and and help people feel comfortable on the plane and Mm -hmm. help them figure out where they're going. I'm helping them figure out where they're going on the plane, and I'm helping people figure out where they're going on this podcast. You're chafing both worlds, uh. <laughs> but yeah, um, no, I mean, it's not. So I, I mean, like, don't, I, everybody, like, I don't care what, what fucking job that you do or what industry you're in. Everybody at some point, like, complains about what they do. Well, period. of course. But it's not too often, like, that you come back from work and you're like, "Well, that fucking sucked." I know. I'm so lucky. I have a job that I love, and if I did this and didn't become an airline pilot someday I would still be very happy because I am a pilot I've done that I'm Mm -hmm. still doing that and I'm also a flight attendant and I also love my job so even if I continued in this career I'd be very happy so like I guess even like you just said continued on the path you'd be happy but it's not just uh, like focusing on being like a a commercial pilot right like there's multiple tiers or multiple things yeah, that like, you can do with getting a license to be a pilot yeah like right now i'm working on my instrument rating which is one of the most important ratings because it's all about safety and for those that don't know that's you know and getting instrument rated is like safety on how to play like a trombone on the wing no <laughs> that is not it <laughs> you wouldn't have one of these tonight. um no it's like flying through weather flying just on your instruments in the in the plane yeah but um yeah there's a lot of different steps <laughs> it's a long journey to become an airline pilot and it's a lot of hard work and so i we'll just see what happens but because you could like flight instruct right or you could you could get to a point where you could just fly like privately or so yeah or just fly small you could, planes you could or... fly for ups you could fly for fedex you mm-hmm. could fly for a small corporate company you could do so many things with it yeah 
it's not just airline. It's just my idea of what I'd want to do with it is if I made it a career, it would be an airline pilot. Okay. Specifically for Delta. Because mm-hmm. I love that company. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but, there's multiple routes you can go down. Right. You know? But it's very interesting because as I'm getting older and doing different things, like now we own this house, I'm trying different interests out. So now, like, last year I made, because you wouldn't let me buy patio furniture. Too expensive. And you challenged me. And we already had a set. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted something nicer for yeah, Well, hey, you said, I said, I'm not buying one. And you said, well, I'm going to make one. And you did. And you kind of laughed at me. You kind of looked at me like, yeah, right. Yeah, but you did it. And I did it, and that was another empowering moment for me because being able to build something with your hands is so cool. You're rolling your eyes. Um, and so I'm finding other interests that I didn't know I had, which is also kind of it's kind of weird that you like start to learn things about yourselves yourself that you never knew. Yeah. It's weird. Like you're with yourself all day long, but you like don't know what these other interests you have yeah. until you try something different. I went to I went to school or came here to go to school to be a physio, like a PT. And I work full-time in marketing with a degree in communications. Yeah, isn't it weird how you can like... Uh, I'm certified in, or got Google search or whatever, and that's what I do. I work in, with Google and social media and advertising. Like when I was 16, 17 years old, I didn't even know what that fucking industry was. <laughs> you know? I know. I mean, things like, change all the time. Like, it's like, but my thing is, I always have this idea in my head of who I'm going to be and what I'm going to do. And then I'm continually proving myself wrong. Wrong, yeah. <laughs> and it's very frustrating. Yeah, it's, it's an adventure though too. Like, I mean, yeah. that, I was used like my mom and dad as an example of it. Like, lived at home for what, till they're both 40, early 40s, and then all of a sudden just sold everything, packed up, and moved to Canada, and completely started over complete new lives. Like, dad is an architect, like, doesn't do architecture anymore. He's a fucking soccer coach full-time. Mum worked in a supermarket, is now a fucking travel insurance agent. Like, <laughs> two complete ends of the spectrum. But you can, and that's at 45. Yeah. So you can you can always like. Who knows what we'll be doing in twenty years? Chop and change. Yeah. I'm gonna be a fishmonger. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> One of those people. It's like experts, like a butcher, but for fish. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Anyway, like. What's I mean, the silliest job you wanted to be growing up? Or even now. <laughs> Like fishmonger. Fishmonger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's never gonna happen. But uh, I don't know. I think I went through like a period of like thinking I was gonna be an astronaut, like when you're young. Yeah. Yeah, like, never gonna fucking happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh my like, god! Like I shit myself getting on planes with you. Never mind fucking <laughs> taking off on a rocket and blasting <laughs> space like. Or like either You're I, like, it's funny because you're like, I'm not smart enough to be a pilot, but I am smart enough to be, be an astronaut. astronaut. <laughs> nah. Or even that, like I wanted to do like physiotherapy and like, you know, PT, like be a physio, work with people, rehab, whatever, whatever. And, and um, 
like I hate blood, you know. <laughs> like I'm sure a large part of that job is dealing with people that have serious injuries. Yeah, but like I don't know how much of it. Well, like, maybe they yeah. do. Who knows? You just didn't want to find out. No, the blood <laughs> makes me queasy. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. You just kind of figure it out as you go along. And that's the thing too. Like it doesn't. It's not that people. Uh, you, it's, nobody has a fucking set path. Like you no. can chop and change whatever you want along the way. It's just whether or not, to me anyway, whether or not you have the balls to do it, and whether or not that's what you really want to pursue and make it happen. You know? Yeah. Like, do you have the nuts to jump ship? I don't have nuts. I know. You know. What's, what's the <laughs> word for it? speech. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but yeah, uh, I don't I know. It's just cool to see like your. It's cool to see your journey, I guess, from what you were doing to what you're doing now, and everything that's happened in between. And then I'm just trying to be better about not playing the comparison game because that's what really gets me down and seeing what other people are doing and feeling like I'm not enough or I'm not doing enough. So I'm just trying to like focus on what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. Which is drastically improving your southern accent over <laughs> two months of being well, <laughs> It helps that I have a sister-in-law that's from the south. <laughs> yeah. We've yeah, been doing I mean, a lot of accents around here. Yeah. I still haven't been able to do an Irish accent. Not very many but people can, but... No, it's just cool to see... Not very many people can, but... No. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just cool, like, it's cool to see where you've where you were and what you were doing to where you are now. And did, you learn any, did you learn anything new about me? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we know each other pretty well. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's cool to see your journey from where you were and what you were pursuing to like what what's changed and, and what you're doing now. And Should we check It's cool in? to see with like a podcast or whatever too, like, that you're pretty, like whenever you said that you wanted to do it and then you're talking about getting another mic, I thought you were taking the piss. Like I didn't think you'd be fucking serious about it. What? But it's cool to see like, like that you've had people on and like you're actually making a thing of it and hopefully it just keeps like going and it's not even like, you're not, that's the thing too. Like it's not that you're doing it because you want fucking millions of followers and like people listening in and, and oh what's Morgan think of this and what's Morgan think of that. You're doing it because like you enjoy it and it's an outlet. I like, have a lot of you questions. Get, yeah, you got <laughs> you've got questions like for the likes of Josh and Emily and whoever else has been on, you know? Like that's the cool part about it. Like you're not just doing it like I feel like a lot of people get in their heads like, oh, I wanna fucking be like this fucking person and then have all these followers and all it's all bollocks. No, dude, I got excited when I got 50 people to follow me on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. I was like, woo! But that's what I mean, like, <laughs> you're, you're not doing it for, like, all that stuff. It's just because, I mean, like, be you more than anybody else, like, want to fucking talk to these people and learn. Yeah, I mean, I was probably going to have these conversations already with these people, so why not just record it and let other people hear it, too? Yeah. Because maybe it'll help someone else. Yeah. Because I definitely... Need a lot of help. I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. Yeah, fuck, don't I know it? Yeah. 
Well, yeah, anyway, I mean, this probably was a moment off, but yeah, that was fun. I enjoyed that. Thank you for doing that with me. Yeah. We should check in like another year and see where I've gone to. Where I've gone to, where I've, how far I've come. Not with a podcast, just in my life. Another dream goal of mine, just putting it out there, is to build my own home with my own hands. What do you think about that, John? I'll help you build a mud hut out the back. You can live in that for a year. <laughs> oh, you're making me move out? <laughs> yeah, build my house within the next year with your bare hands. Probably. You mean not within the next year, but at some point in my life? Well, you got plenty of time. Not, not. Oh my gosh, why did you have to say that? I'm just going to edit that out because I feel really uncomfortable with you saying that. Do you knock on your head too, John? Really? Nah, you'll be fine, but no, it was good to talk and, you know. Oh, I hate I, that you said that. That just put a really bad taste. It was good to catch up with you. <laughs> <laughs> it was really nice having this conversation. Um, and. Maybe I'll see you around. Yeah. You want to just give me a shout whenever you get your pajamas on and I'll come upstairs. <laughs> no, like, it was fun. It was good. I enjoyed it. And, you know, maybe, maybe we'll have a, if I'm famous enough, we'll have a role reversal and you can ask me some questions. Oh, can I ask you questions about your life next? Maybe. We'll well, yeah, you got a couple of good ones coming up, though. We'll see if the Don't people... You? Yeah, I do, actually. You know, pretty good or um, We have... No. Mm, maybe. We have some people coming on to talk about resumes. We also have a very special episode with my uncle about his life with um, cancer. We have some other things in the works, but I'm not going to give away everything. Got a bathroom? Ooh, yeah. Not your hell to it. I know. <laughs> my brother called before this and was like, can I come on as your veteran? <laughs> <laughs> so he might be coming on to talk about his experience in the military, which I think would be actually very interesting. Yeah. And, um, but I can't just, like a lot of my interviews have been my family members, which a lot of them are very interesting and successful. Well, you've got a pretty interesting family. You think so, or do I just think that because they're my family? Probably a bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> but they are yeah. interesting. I find them pretty interesting. That's good to know. Yes, we got a lot ahead, but maybe we can fit you in there if the people want it. It's what the people want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my $50. Yeah, I'm going to put a poll on your fucking Instagram <laughs> Five bucks to everybody that votes for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't have five bucks for everybody, so please don't vote. (laughs) Alrighty. Well, thank you, Sean. I love you. Yeah, no problem. Love you too. I'm going to run out of beer. Alright, let's go get some more beer. Okay. Why do you keep combing your mustache? Because I like to. What? I've been doing this all day. You know how soft my beard was before I went for a run? Like a baby's arse.